You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 283. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday life. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by my very favorite mocha. You guys know what it is. It's Four Sigmatic. I love Four Sigmatic, and I'm super, super extra pumped because as Flo would have it, the new mocha mix that they make has chaga, which is a superfood mushroom, I believe, inside of this mix. And since I like to have several of them a day, it's really wonderful given that I have now become pretty interested in what the medical medium Anthony Williams, you can find him on his own podcast, is saying about strep and acne and how chaga, I've heard him mention, is good for getting rid of it. So I am fascinated by my own history with strep. If you're interested, you could go over to his podcast. But the whole point of this little spot is the fact that I love that when I'm drinking my superfood four sigmatic mushroom mocha every day, I'm also hitting one of the medical medium's recommendations for something that I'm personally looking to do, which is an antiviral. So very fascinated by this. Of course, he probably would say not to drink as much caffeine, but you know what? It has half the caffeine of regular coffee, no jitters, no crash, and I just freaking love it. It's the lining for me. So I'm going to drink it and enjoy the fact that Chaga's in it too. If you want to try Four Sigmatic, you can go over to foursigmatic.com slash lively. They have many other mochas and teas and elixirs with superfoods built in, all different kinds, not just Chaga, but you can take a look for yourself. And I recommend personally the green mocha mix. So you'll see that if you go over there. And if you do place an order for whatever you'd like to try, you can use the code lively at checkout to get 15% off of your order. All right, guys, first of all, I'm so happy to be back. It is so cool to see and spend time with you through the Instagram Lives that I did last week on Instagram, and also just seeing all the encouragement on Instagram, specifically where most people connect with me about the new season. So thank you for letting me go on and on yesterday, or well, it feels like yesterday. I listened to the episode yesterday, but the first episode last week. I also promised you an episode about consciousness in the stages and how the show has progressed. And yes, I still want to bring it to you. However, once I did my very first recorded one-on-one client session that was planned to be on the show from the get-go, once I did that, I was just so amazed by what I'm going to share and air today and next week that I want to air this because I've been talking about all these one-on-one sessions and I think I just want to give you guys a taste. And yes, I do promise, or at least I plan to flow into having a solo episode about the levels of consciousness. You guys can learn more about that and how the show has progressed and how you may have also progressed in your own development around consciousness. So I'll get to that soon, but really I am having so much fun following the flow and alignment one moment an instant at a time. So as these things are unfolding fast and furiously, I am just hanging around for the ride. And right now it seems so fun to tell you guys about Emily. Now, Emily is a client who I just worked with, and she's asked to be anonymous other than her name. So we'll call her Emily, and you will learn more about her in this episode and next week's show. Emily, as she'll tell you, is a storyteller and has a full-time job, and she initially came in with some stuff around a topic that a lot of people have. She has, you know, making a living, money. She has some mind stories about age and family and making a transition from her current job to what she feels called and most alive doing. So we go into all the resistance around that. And let me say, when she gets into her inner voice, does she hear? (laughs) Get good is the phrase I was hearing as I said it. But my goodness, it's truly incredible. And then it just escalates from here into the second part of what will be next week's episode. So here's the beginning of our conversation with Emily in a way that served her and hopefully will serve you as well. Let's go to the show. Emily, I'm so excited to work with you. I'm excited too. I actually can't quite believe this is happening because I was on your Instagram and then I was like scrolling and then your story popped up about the four sessions. And it was one of those things I was like, oh, like I've been listening to the show. Do I really want to? I was like, you know what? Stop thinking about it. And I just booked it. Didn't (laughs) think about it until the next day. I was like, oh yeah, I did that. That's cool. And then I got even more excited about it afterwards. So yeah. You did it without your mind. That makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. No, I totally followed my heart on that one. I, in fact, I, that's why I didn't think about it afterwards. I booked it, put my phone down, and then continued what I was doing. 
Amen. I have goosebumps already. That's exactly what I want to help you do with every part of your life and every moment of your life as much as humanly possible. So today, what I have found to be and I have studied this stuff more than most people have time to do anything. Like I have studied this stuff and I have gone so deep and I can tell you, isn't life easier when you just live like that? Like just, I did it. I didn't think about it. And I went on with my day and then I got even more excited later and now it's here. Yeah. I want this to be all the time as opposed to these little moments of excitement. I just want it to be my life. Yes. Well, that's exactly literally everything that I want to do for you today in the session and basically for anything that I create ever going forward. I deeply believe that this is possible. Doesn't mean it's always easy to do. Doesn't mean that we always will do it, but it's possible. And that's what I want to do is like relieve concern because the mind sees surprise as a problem. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to, I mean, we're going to get into it at a really deep level. So what is right now on your mind that we can relieve and start untangling? So I have for years considered myself a storyteller. And I mean, like, I love stories. I've gone into film industry. I have a career in film industry. But I never actually stepped into being the actual storyteller myself. So I help other people birth their stories to in however medium they choose. And I had this sort of moment three weeks ago where I was meditating and I suddenly had this message of you need to be the storyteller. You need to make your life as the storyteller. And it, what happened was I had this moment of like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then the ensuing freak out. The mind stepped in. So let's go back. Yeah. Let's start with the moment that it came, mm -hmm. how it felt, what showed up? What were you doing right before? Were you pooping? Like what was going on right <laughs> before this instant knowingness showed up? I was uber frustrated. I'd just come back from work. Um, I still have a full-time job and I was, I hadn't had a good day and I just wanted to shake off that energy, which is why I decided I don't usually meditate to get out of that state. But for whatever reason this time, I was like, I need to I guess connect with my own voice I didn't have time to feel like this anymore. I wanted to move on. And, and <laughs> I love that. I didn't have time to feel like this anymore. Yeah. I, people live I their entire couldn't. lives in that time. And then they think they don't have enough time because they're living in that state. It's not that they don't have enough time. They're just living in a state they don't like mm -hmm. to be in. Therefore, the feeling ensues that they don't have enough time to get in the state they want to get in. Yeah, so... That's exactly what it was. I wouldn't have, I mean, at the time I didn't word it that way. It was, it was, I just, I was like, wow, I need to find a way to shake it off. And I just meditated and I don't know, I was just sitting there and then finally my, got into my breathing and I was finally calming down. And then there was this moment, I usually do this where I was like, oh, you know, what's coming up for me now? And then this sort of voice just came up. It's like, you need to write. And I was like, oh. Okay. And then I was like, well, and then that's literally when that sentence came out. It's like, you're done telling people you're a storyteller. You are a storyteller. You need to actually embody that and actually start making a living. It wasn't making a living, but it was live your life as a storyteller. And it was just this moment afterwards. I was like, oh yeah. And it all made sense to me at the time. It felt great. I, I had completely shifted that frustrated feeling. I was like, oh, yeah, this makes so much sense. Of course, this is what I want. I just need to admit it. And then got out of my meditation, felt great. And it was the next day when I was back at work. All right. So what showed up? What's the thought that flashed through the mind that created an emotional reaction that created the crap storm that you found yourself in after that? The literal thought was you can't make an actual living from your stories. How can you ever make money? So have a comfortable life that you like doing. All right. So now what happened after that flash? What did you feel? Terrible. It was like getting punched in the stomach. And then once you felt that feeling, what did you think? I thought, well, I don't know that. Oh, okay. So there's kind of like a retaliation, a little like, okay, crappy thought. And you're like, I'm, I'm not going to buy that thought. Like, I don't know that. But did it create more storm? Did it have a conversation with you back? Oh, yeah, it just sort of spiraled because then it's like, you're only good at this. You've done this your whole career. You're very good at it. Why would you throw this all away? Seriously, why are you going to throw all of this away to try something that's new? You might end up and then it gets really dramatic. Yeah, like, what was the dramatic? What's the worst thing? Yeah, how did oh. it spiral to? What, were you going to be on the street? Like, what was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be homeless. You're, you're, you're never going to meet that guy. 
Yeah, you're never going to meet a partner because you've tried something new in your career and mm-hmm. your career and you're going to you're going to lose everything and the thing that you would have gotten if you just stayed in that safe job, that partner is mm-hmm. somehow going to show up because you have a safe job. Yeah, right. But how long have you had the job? Five years. Okay, five years. <laughs> the guys had a chance to show up because of the job. And it's yeah. telling you, oh, my God, you leave that. And then the partner's out of the picture. That's so funny, right? It started to catastrophize everything in your life, not even just career. It bled into all aspects. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was going to lose my family. I was going to lose respect, dignity. I mean, it was just like... What you were going to lose. Let's look at this. This is the mind. So the first thing you had was your inner voice. We can call it a guy. We can call it your intuition. We can call it your angel. We can call it your soul. We can call it 17 different things. I don't care what it is. All I know is that I believe it's the highest source of information you possibly ever could have. So let's just simplify it to that. That's why I'm calling it inner voice going forward. Mm-hmm. Called a joke, called it intuition, blah, 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 inner voice, because I don't care. It's wise. So you have this wise yeah. conversation and you feel great afterwards. You resonate at that level. Then you have mm-hmm. the mind show up the next day with its conversation and it's horrifying and it's terrible and it's every aspect of your life and you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. So one of them leaves you feeling elated and one of them leaves you feeling terrified. And what it's trying to do, and this is why it's done it to every aspect of your life, is it's trying to keep you, the little you, in control. The mind is trying to continue control of you as the human because that's been its job so far in your life thus far and many other lives if you believe in the multiple lifetime theory. So therein lies the problem. What it's really most afraid of is losing control. Does that resonate for you? A hundred percent. Yes. All right. Let's keep going because i got a really exciting little point of view I'm going to share with you a little later, but we'll save okay. that. But let's keep going. Okay. So it comes up. It's freaking out. What next? What happened the rest of the day or the next days to follow? So I actually work with my best friend. I'm very lucky in that sense. And she sits behind me and she had noticed that for a few days I was kind of off. And I'm usually the one at the office that even though it's very frustrating, I'm the one who's like, come on, guys, it's okay. It's just a job, like, you know, whatever. But these few days, I was like, I was not that person. In fact, I was maybe joining in and the complaining a little bit more than I had in the past. And finally, she turned around and she's like, let's go for a drink. And I was with her. And at that point, I had not told anyone that I'd had this experience. I had written it down and I had, you know, but I hadn't told anyone And I had started a business, a side business, career coaching, and I knew I had known for a while that I didn't want to continue doing it because it really wasn't what I wanted to do. And so she was asking me, it's like, oh, are you bummed because your business isn't kicking off? And I was like, you know what? That's part of it. But part of it is because I'm like, I didn't start the right business. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. Okay. Now let's like, do you want to go into that? And yeah. look at this because I think all of these are, are repeating patterns. That's a phrase mm-hmm. that's coming to my mind right now, repeating yeah. patterns. So we're just going to look at the patterns because once we've identified them, you're going to be able to apply this to any pattern that continues to repeat in the future. And now mm-hmm. you'll have the awareness that comes with this. Okay. Yep. So let's look back. We have the storyteller pattern. Now let's look mm-hmm. and see how similar or dissimilar or what was the pattern that happened and is it a replication or is it a little bit of a divergence and let's look at it. So what made you want to get into the career coaching thing? I wanted to go into the career coaching because I thought that that was my way of giving back. I've been able to change careers. I've changed careers three times already. It's very natural to me. And Can we just also just talk about the contrast and hilarity right now? It's really natural for me to change careers. I get annoyed to change my career. And then my mind freaks out. (laughs) I know. But in the past, I've always just plowed through. Is it different this time? Is it trying not to plow through the same way you have in the other three times? It's different because the language my mind is using. Wait, like right now, the mind, it is not individual. It's doing this with everyone. And when we say my, we attach to the thoughts and we believe they're our own. So then we have to feel everything my mind feels because it's my own. That means my emotions Mm -hmm. are my own. That means the whole story is my own, which like, let's be real. It's not that personal. Like everybody's getting this. So let's detach a bit, right? You're the awareness. You're truly just the awareness that gets to choose what your attention goes towards. The Mm -hmm. mind 
or that other voice. Mm -hmm. You get to pivot your neck to which one are you going to pay attention to? It's like, it's so funny, like history, the devil and the angel on the shoulder. It's kind of similar. It's like, which way are you going to direct your neck? Are you the devil or the angel? Maybe aspects, yes, aspects, no. And I'm not saying the mind is a devil, but you also are the part that pivots. That's your most powerful choice. It's not about never having the mind active because it's just doing its job. It's like an organ. The heart is job is to pump. The mind's Mm -hmm. job is to think and to keep you safe. That's its job. (laughs) But it's just doing its job. That doesn't mean you need to follow it. Just like you don't always follow your heart a lot of times in the intuition. Anyways, okay, let's go back. So it's different in the language it's using this time? The mind is using a different language. It's talking about how at my age. Oh, now it's old enough that it can't take the same risks? Exactly. Where when I was younger, it was like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You know, I moved cities and countries. It was fine because I was younger. Now it's like, there's an established career with a certain salary, a certain lifestyle, and a friendship group, like a, a second family that's been built. All right. Well, here we go. That's actually a lot. Okay. So even despite this whole age and family thing, your mind still let you join this coaching thing. So why did it let you have that business, even if it's got all of this risk of losing these aspects? Because part of what I do, my full-time job is coach some of the younger interns that arrive. So there was a level of comfort there that I knew that that was something that I could help others with. Now, I didn't ask myself whether I wanted to do it, if I liked doing it, <laughs> yeah. right? but that was definitely of service to others. And I had successfully done it before. So it was like mitigating the risk. Yeah, we say something. Okay, look. Oh my gosh, look at this. Look at the insanity of the mind, right? So I'm I'm too old for this. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to be homeless on the street and never find my partner. (laughs) But I can do the same things in a totally different direction, and that's okay because what isn't there is the unknown. Mm Because it feels known to the mind, it's safe to the mind. So it will allow you to leave all those fears behind if you're going to something else that feels known. If you go do the same exact steps in a different area of your life that feels more unknown, all of these problems exist. Do you see the insanity of that? Like literally, there's no more risk for you to do the storytelling thing than there is the career thing. The only difference is that it feels more safe to the mind Mm -hmm. and not necessarily emotionally better, by the way. No. Okay. So it let you do that. And then how's it been doing the coaching business? Well, so it's been running for 18 months. I've had a few clients. I've successfully helped them. I love the conversations I have with them, but it's not something that I feel alive. I don't come to life as I work with them and I work hard and I use my experience and sort of, and it's funny because I do a lot of pattern recognition with them, which is why this is interesting for me because obviously we're not the best at recognizing our own patterns. But this is the power of having someone to reflect that with you, right? Mm -hmm. I still go see many mentors and it's not just about being in your own blind spots are blind for a reason Mm -hmm. because they're blind to you. It's not that they're not there. It's just that you can't see them. That's okay. You're seeing them now. Can I just share something really interesting too, if you're open to it? What you just said is so powerful. I felt more alive. I did not feel alive in this aspect. How would you feel if you imagine yourself doing the storytelling? It literally makes my blood bubble with excitement. Like I just feel like my whole body just. Uh, Okay. So that, oh, oh my God, it's so perfect. All right. So right now, right now, literally rub your hands on your legs. Rub your hands on your legs. Okay. Now turn them up. You can do this if you're listening to this right now too. Now turn them up on your lap. And feel your hands with your, okay, what do you feel? I just feel like warm, beautiful energy. Yeah, energy. Do you feel tingles? I feel, I call it the tingles, especially when I do that. Now rub the table or something else, something inanimate around you, like a wall. Okay, now rub it. Now now feel your hands. Do you feel any difference? Yeah, it's sort of dulled down a bit. It's dulled down, yeah. So that part of you, the tingles that feels, and you rub your legs, you don't even have to rub the legs. I've just found it amplifies the effect. But you can just sit without rubbing anything. Just keep your hands above, like facing upwards, and feel the tingles. That is your aliveness. That's your animation. That's your consciousness. 
that's animating this body. So when you are dead, actually, Jacob Lieberman, I just spent a week with him in Maui, and he said when his mother died, it was actually interesting because I think it was before she was medically dead, but there was this point where he and his sister were there around the clock and they looked at his mom at one point and he said she doesn't look the same anymore like at one point she just didn't look the same and that's where they jacob believes like felt that the mother had left the Mm. body but like a body is a corpse a body is a collection of cells but the part that's keeping you alive and making you yourself that animating ting i call that the tingles Mm -hmm. that part of you is coming alive. Like literally you said, I feel alive when I'm doing that. Well, what is alive? Consciousness. What is consciousness? Who you really are that's never destroyed and never destructed. It's just this body that goes in and out of style. And you know, we want a new upgrade of the new iPhone. We do the same with our <laughs> physical nature too. But that life comes alive and is aligned with this next work. And you did not feel that while you were doing the thing the mind allowed you to do. It literally drains the life out of you. That's a phrase we say for a reason. Not that we understand it totally, but we understand the effect. We don't necessarily say why, but we do understand the effect. Okay, so how do you feel now looking at the pattern that the mind will let you overcome every possible objection you could have to trying something new as long as you do something comfortable, but every single risk still applies to this new thing that actually makes you feel more alive? How does it feel to just look at that with fresh eyes? It just feels like it's not logical not to do it. Like I, it doesn't make sense not to do what I, what makes me come to life. Now, what is the yeah. mind when we say this? Okay, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Like it's the same risks either way. And it's yeah. not like what you've done is leave your job or your family of your career family or anything. Mm-hmm. If you did the storytelling thing, are you trying to jump full ship and like go into it with both feet? Are you going to do something kind of similar to what you've done with the coaching practice? I'd love to jump in both feet, but. What part of you wants to do that, really? There's a part of me that really wants to go to Greece and Italy and Spain to write there. Okay. And that's been for a long time. So I think that's the part that's coming out now. And I think that's where the fear of that losing everything is, even though technically, I guess I could take a sabbatical and then go back. Like it, there's, there's ways around it. Yeah. So it's what I noticed for me is that sometimes the mind, it's sometimes the intuition leading me in a very bold direction, like selling the house and going unendingly around the world. And other times it's just the ego going, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to go to this other extreme. I'm either never going to allow you to do it, or I'm going to make the risk so huge that you don't Mm -hmm. even dare try. Right. And it's like, well, that's also insane. Like maybe there's a middle path that is like you've done with the coaching. And I'm not saying we know the answer. Your mind truly does not. So sorry, mind, we're not actually the mind in you is not actually going to be the one to answer this. It doesn't have the answer. It has the fear of the unknown, which it never Mm -hmm. will solve, except by repeating its old patterns again and again and again and torturing you along the way. But it's trying to, it's like, it's like torch. It's like, I'm trying to help you. Don't you know I love you? And it's like, but what are you making me do? Suffer? What are you doing? Judging me? What are you? It's like, also plays out in interpersonal relationships, right? The mind in someone does this to the individual and often will then project this onto others, like their children. Don't you know I love you? I want you to be safe. And the child's like, no, I want to go do film school. And the parent's like, no, you have to be a doctor or a business person because I Mm -hmm. love you. I want you to be safe. And it's the same thing your mind is doing internally. It can do to other people around it as well. And I'm sure if anyone's listening to this, they're probably thinking of someone in their life that's tried to project the same. It's like, don't you know I love you? My mind knows what's safe for you. And it's just there as an organ in the body, but it's not necessarily, unlike the blood, which is pretty useful to be circulating around, it doesn't need to be followed as it applies to these things. And especially the fear is never necessary. The psychological fear, as Eckhart calls it, never necessary. So let's look back now, and we're going to go, we've kind of danced around it, but we haven't actually touched it yet. Let's go back Mm -hmm. to that voice that gave you that knowing and had you write that down. We're Mm going to have a little conversation around this whole thing and Mm -hmm. see what it has to say. Because since you had the knowing, how long ago was the knowing about the storytelling? Well, if I'm honest, forever. But since I've admitted to it, three weeks. Three weeks. Now, you had the mind talking to you ever since. Have you checked back in with that voice that told you the knowing three weeks ago since then? 
Not really. Not really. Okay. And we're going to ask the mind here. Now there's like, you are the little pivoting neck. Okay. That's your Mm -hmm. consciousness that has the choice to listen to either voice. So I'm going to have you pivot between the mind and have its reply and the inner voice. Okay. So the mind, hey mind, how you doing? (laughs) How's the mind feeling right now? A little nervous. A little nervous. Okay. <laughs> Why haven't you asked the inner voice that gave you the knowing in the first place? This is to the mind, not to the inner voice. I don't want to hear the answer. Why not? Let the mind be the mind. You don't have to. This is not you going to your gut. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're talking to the little mind that's scared. Because it's, it's, it's just completely unknown and completely out of left field. Yeah, but what if you got some peace around this if you just asked? Why is it scary to ask for more information? Because then it's real and something has to be done. Yes. Why are you afraid of doing something? This is everybody's minds thinks this. Why do I tell people to do the intuition writing and why do they never do it? Exactly the reasons your mind is saying. Because it's the mind. It's not a like individual thing. It's that different. It's all repeating the same patterns around the world, just in different forms and shapes and colors. It's the same thing. Why? Why is it scary that you'd have to do something? It's scary because once I hear an answer, I can't unhear it. And then it's just impossible not to do what has to be done. Amen. Thank you, mind, for being so honest, so real, and so open. Thank you for doing your job. Does it keep you safe to not know and keep you in the pattern that you've known before? No. (laughs) Well, is that the mind says no? I think that's what it's trying to do, but I could be wrong. It is what it's trying to do. But it's keeping me too safe. Yeah. Well, that's you now speaking. Yes. Now you're no longer letting the mind just be the mind. Now you as the neck, basically. I know. I'm back as the neck. Yeah. Now now you see the insanity of it, right? But we've seen the purity of the mind just trying to protect you, just trying to keep you safe, just trying to do what's known. Okay. Now we're going to pivot over. We're going to turn to the side and we're going to go to the Mm -hmm. inner voice. Now, when you were hearing that voice that told you the knowing, was that more in your body or in your head? Did it feel it my like body. body? Where in your body? Between the gut and the heart. All right, great. Solar plexus, let's go right there. All right, so what we're mm-hmm. going to do is direct it down there because that's where you're feeling it. I always say heart or gut. It doesn't, it's like a general direction outside of the head. Let's just say that. So mm-hmm. you're going to direct it to where you feel it, which is right okay. there. Okay. <sighs> Why did you tell me it's time to be a storyteller now? Why is now the right time? Because you've been asking for what's next. Why has my mind been freaking out so much about it? Because it knows it's time to try different things and it doesn't like the unknown. Do you like the unknown? Yes. Why do you like the unknown? Because that's where all the excitement and the adventure is. Why does excitement and adventure scare the mind so much? Because it doesn't know how you're going to react and they can't satisfy that your safety will be provided. Will I be safe? Yes. Am I always safe? Yes. Even when I'm not safe? Like what about in the past when I've been in situations that didn't feel safe? Was I safe then? You were always protected. Will I always be protected? Yes. What if something bad happens to me? How would that even make sense? What if something bad happened? Would I have been protected even if something bad happened? If something bad happens, you'll find a way and there will be a lesson. What's the lesson for me right now in this situation with the transition in my career to storytelling? The lesson is that you haven't yet found what makes you come to life. Is storytelling what will help me come to life? Storytelling is the pathway to what will take you to what will make you come into life. Yes. Am I into life right now? Coming to life right now? Why am I doing it already? I haven't even stepped in that direction, but why am I already there? You're always in the right place at the present time for where you're meant to be going in the future. I have huge goosebumps. That is so wise. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to keep going with you. What about this whole story the mind has about age and being too old and the work family, all that stuff? What about that story? These are old stories that have come from education and family and friends. It is also a time where you are surrounded by people who are settling down into their lives and you have not yet found yours. Will I ever settle into something? Mm. Just listen. Listen. Stay listening. You're just the neck. Listen to the voice. Settling is not something that you wish to be doing. You're going to keep moving. However, you will find some sort of roots with the people that you meet along the way. 
So the people will help me stay rooted, but the career is not necessarily where the roots lie. That's correct. Will my mind ever be okay with that fact? Your mind will always challenge you with that fact. Why does it like to challenge me with that fact? Because it wants you to be sure that you're actually doing this for the right reasons. Am I doing this for the right reasons? Yes. Why is this the right reason to do it? Because that is where the good stuff lies. It's not about it being the right best thing for someone else. It's actually about the good stuff. It's about what's right for you. It's not what's right for others. Others won't understand. Others won't follow. Others might follow, but it's what's right for you. So this isn't about trying to do the biggest, highest good for everyone else. This is actually about what's best for me. It is never about how it's for others. It's always about what's best for you. Why does society feel that is selfish? It is selfish by definition in the sense that you're doing this for what's right for you. What isn't selfish, however, is if you're going to give back, you have to be able to be in a place where you have things to give back to. Right now, you are not in a place to be able to give back. But the mind thinks it is giving back in the job right now with the leading of the interns and the younger people. Yes. The mind thinks that by providing happiness for others, that is your purpose in life. However, you do not know for sure that you are providing happiness for others. You just perceive that you are giving happiness to others through helping them out. You see this as a sacrifice. So I think I need to sacrifice in order to be a good human? Yes, there's a there's an understanding that to be good, there's a sacrifice. Is that true? No. Why not? Because you can't sacrifice enough to make other people better. No, because you can't think for them. And their thinking is causing the feelings and the emotions. Do you see that? Yeah. No one can make you feel better. Because your mind in that day, your friend was like, I really care about you. I'm going to take you to drinks. I want to help you feel better. What's going on? I mean, it was nice, but it, did it change the story in your head? No. No. So no one that you're coaching is necessarily going to, I, in this time with you, love it mm -hmm. because I'm not going to make you feel better. I'm helping you feel the voice in you that makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. I'm just the person that's going to be doggedly with everyone for the rest of my life and basically haven't been as bold about it, but I've been doing it from the beginning of my career, saying the answer is in you. Mm -hmm. It's just the fear of the mind that refuses to let it show up. Shine is actually yeah. the word that just came. How do you feel right now as the neck, as we're actually talking to you? How do you feel? Very relaxed, very open. I'm sure you feel open. That was incredible. I was really able to ask some really in-depth things, and there was a really true flow there for you. That was really natural. I didn't actually hear all of it. Like, I did, but I don't. I don't know. No, you so can't. Weird. It's I just mean, like as it yeah. comes out, you have to listen for the next word and the next word. So you can't stay focused on what was said. You think as you're hearing it, I'm going to remember this. And then afterwards, this is how Esther feels when she does Abraham. She thinks she's going to remember it and then doesn't. So what's great is we're recording this so you can go back and re-listen to this and you're going to be amazed. You have your own inner Abraham. Everybody does. Every spiritual teaching that's beyond, and we're going to have talked about this because I'm going to do an episode about spiral dynamics, every level okay. up until turquoise, which is this uh, no mind land, right? everyone below it is like trying to use their mind to get what they want and plot and plan and, and fear the uncertainty, all that crap. Okay. And mm -hmm. then the turquoise, once you get to that enlightenment phase, what we're doing in season five, they're all saying the answers are in you. Every Buddha, Jesus... Gandhi, like uh, all of the really, and I'm not saying, I don't know if Gandhi was truly at that level, but it seems pretty wise. But all of these mm -hmm. places say the answers are in you. But you know what? I've never seen this. You just did it. I didn't do anything. And you know what? I'm going to not stop doing the rest of my life that I can foresee in the foresee this to show mm -hmm. you and show everyone else how you can and that you are not just saying it in some abstract quote that sounds good on Instagram. <laughs> like you just did it and you did it before, but then you went three weeks in the mind crap before you went back to it again. Yeah. Now, one of the things you can do is just to start noticing you're the neck. Yep. 
Okay, you have the ability to pivot. And one of them tends to be louder and more pervasive. I used to say when I early, early on came up with this in Life with Intention, my oldest original class, I used to say that ego feels like a fire hydrant. The ego, the mind, feels like mm -hmm. a fire hydrant inside of my right ear. That's how I see it. And it's spewing at me constantly 24-7. That's mm. like the radio station that's playing. Who was it? Anne Lamont calls it radio station KFKD, which if you write that down, you'll kind of see what she's basically yeah. alluding to. And then you have the inner voice down below in the body, just like you felt it. And I used to say that felt to me like a water well. It's a well that's, it's both are water, both have thoughts, but the water in one is spewing at me whether I want it or not. And the other one is peaceful and calm in that well. It's not like a tidal wave or some huge wave pool. It's pretty chill. However, maybe you've noticed this, and I bet you got to this point three weeks ago. That water well is peaceful and still, but it rises. And if you keep avoiding, because you keep listening to the fire hydrant, eventually the pain of the overflow of that well, you said you've been hearing this the whole life time. Mm -hmm. So it just three weeks ago hit a point, tell me if I'm right or wrong, that it just overflowed and you're like, I can't, I have to now just listen to this. Yeah, it's been exactly that. Yeah. And then it kind of calmed down because you heard it. So it like settled in and you're like, okay, I got that under control. And then the mind kept spewing and it was peaceful enough, whether that was the puddle on the floor or the water level of the well went down again. But now it's kind of hit this other point, this peak. And the nice thing is you don't have to wait for it to overflow. It literally, I love the analogies that come to me. They are like coming to me because as I keep saying them, it's beautiful to see the analogy unfold. So one of the aspects I learned later is a well, once the water level is not overflowing like it was three weeks ago, what we've just done, you didn't get to that point where you said, I've got to do this, something about whatever you said was so beautiful in the beginning. You're like, mm -hmm. I just got to get out of this. I need to make this feel better. Mm -hmm. But you can drop a bucket anytime of the day, any day or week, which is the question. What we just did, I just dropped bucket after bucket after bucket. And you received, you just pulled up the water. You just pulled up the thought. You pulled up the response to those questions. You didn't wait till the overflow and then we're like, okay, now it's an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. do this. And now as the neck with the awareness, okay, the fire hydrant's job is to spew. It's not about the mind not having a job. It's an organ that is doing its job. But the choice to follow it blindly the rest of our life holistically is not necessary. Mm -hmm. And you are waking up. This is waking up to look like, oh my God, I'm aware that I have a choice. When did you first realize you were aware that you had a choice of which one to follow? I'd say it was probably a couple, no, maybe even three years ago, I realized that I made a distinction. Between, in fact, I gave what you call the mind, I gave her a name for a while. I called her Susan because I was like... <laughs> Nobody because likes Susan. A, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a really good friend who's called Susan, but, but it's funny because for me, it was just, I had to find a way to disassociate my thoughts from me. And at the time, I was like, oh, there goes Susan again. And it was a way for me to distance myself from it. So for about three years, but it's, you know, it's like a process. It's just learning to, for me, the hardest has always been to go deep inside. And because it's new, I'm not sure. But at the same time, every time I go down, I always feel like I'm coming home. And I don't understand why I don't seek to go back there more often. Okay, wait, let's do it. Okay, what people are going to learn from me is the minute they say something, the word I want to say is crappy like that, because that's that's a mm -hmm. crappy thought. Like, I don't know why I yeah. do more often. Wait, the minute, yeah. okay, basically what that is, the minute anybody says something that is mind resistance, the minute they say it, I'm like, hello, like, go back down. That's the question. The minute you go, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bucket like go ask like you don't have to sit there wondering the rest of your life I wonder why I don't do that ask but don't ask the mind because it's stuck in the blind spot of that right yeah. intuition inner voice why mm -hmm. do I what is it feel afraid to do that more often or not think about it or what's what's the what is the question you want to ask 
the question is, why don't I ask myself more often what I should be doing as opposed to listening just to the mind? And the answer is, is because most of the times the answer that comes from deep inside seems too easy and logical. There's no effort. There's no... <gasps> Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> We've already uncovered sacrifice for you. By the way, how does that feel to realize that your whole freaking job is not to be sacrificed? You're not a lamb. This is not the Bible, like thousands of years mm -hmm. ago, where they're sacrificing. That's what humans are doing. They're sacrificing themselves. They're the virgin sacrifice. I need to sacrifice myself to please the gods. Like what? But that's what you're doing when you're doing mm -hmm. that. I, when you think it's not coming from your full alignment. Mother Teresa wasn't taking herself out of alignment to do what she did. People could look at that. The mind looks at that as a sacrifice. But was she miserable? Like you've been miserable going to your job every day? No. 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 She was blissfully. Look at the Like you'd see the lines of joy etched on her face. The compassion yeah. she had, she was, who was in more alignment? You going to your cushy job, relatively speaking, to like going to Calcutta versus her. Oh, I think she was definitely uh, in a much better place than I was. Do you think she was, she was? Yeah, even though, and it wasn't, and this is where the mind goes, oh, that was a sacrifice because you know why? Oh, this is so exciting. You know why that feels like a sacrifice to us? Because it's not our alignment. Duh. Oh. We look at that and go, that would be horrible. I would never want to do yeah. that, but she's doing that. She's a good person. What we're mind, the mind does that. That's not true. Look at that woman. She was in joy. She wasn't mm -hmm. out of alignment. She was in alignment. She wasn't the one that was supposed to. How do you think she'd feel if she was going to go tell, be a storyteller in whatever you're going to do? Would she have had <laughs> as much joy doing that? No, maybe not. Maybe she'd be terrified. I don't know. Yeah, she was in alignment. <laughs> with herself. Mm -hmm. She wasn't out of alignment, but then everybody sees that and goes, oh my gosh, I need to really suffer in order to do good because only because that wasn't their alignment. They're not supposed to do that. Every cell of the body, we can't all be Mother Teresa. The world doesn't need only Mother Teresa's because then the world, if it only had Mother Teresa's, has no one to help. Mother Teresa helped, right? Well, if everyone's yeah. the helper, who's the helped? There's no job for all these Mother Teresa's. That would be a mm -hmm. misaligning world. Yep. Not everyone's <laughs> supposed to do the same thing. And the only reason it looks like a sacrifice when we see these martyr well, some of them are martyring themselves. And there's a, but it's more the people that are listening to the mind. I don't think mm -hmm. anyone that's listening to their soul is feeling martyred at all. The alignment within that soul comes alive. They're tapping into their consciousness that never dies. How could you ever feel any more alive than tapping into that? You can't. No, but not everyone. There's people, the post still needs to get done. The mail still needs to go. The UPX boxes that all the people on Amazon are buying, they still <laughs> need to be delivered. And the drones will eventually do that. And there's going to be this existential dilemma of the world when jobs become not what they are right now. We're not there yet, though. We'll get there later. But how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. And the thing is, it's really cool to just feel kind of that out. A, I can have this conversation with someone. I'm talking about with myself, but also having you listen in so that you can catch some of the crap stories, as you called it. And also, it just feels like, I just feel, what's the word? Just very at ease. You, what you just did right before you said that? You breathed out, you exhaled. And what I always said early days of my work too was I always felt like with life with intention, I wanted it to feel like a big sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted your shoulders to relax. To me, the outcome I was looking for is the shoulders to relax. Yeah. What we're doing, we're relaxing, we're getting out of the head and we're sinking back into the voice and the body. That's exactly how that feels. Yeah. You're tapping into all of who you are, not just one energy center. One organ has been taking all of our energy for most of our lives. Yeah. Why does the mind believe that effort equates to worthiness? Because in the past, that's how I valued myself with good grades, good salaries, promotions, jobs. It's been an external sign of value. Why did I believe that? Where did I get that from? Ask your inner voice. I got that from seeing how others were doing it. I didn't. Wait, wait. No, I'm, I think you're, I, I want to check if I'm hearing from the neck or if I'm hearing okay. from the well of wisdom. Okay. <laughs> the well of wisdom. Yeah. Right. There we go. That just came out. 
I love how these unfold. The well of wisdom. How great is that? Yeah. Now we have a name for it. The well of wisdom. The inner voice. Okay. The well of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Where did the belief that effort equals worthiness come from in my life? It came from the fact that everything. Oh, my neck is pivoting fast. I know. I know you're two. trying to pop up and I'm trying to keep you down. You're so good yep. at this. Just stay down. Listen for the words. Just say them one at a time. Efforting is a way to keep busy and there's an association between busyness and value and worthiness, which is completely incorrect. Why is Um, it incorrect? Because busyness is just a state and it's not even the right state. It's not a state of elatement, of excitement. It's just a state of frenzy and trying to keep basically your time busy because you there's an actual fear that if you stop, it ends. (laughs) <laughs> I have goosebumps like all over my legs. They're just rippling. Say that again. If you stop, it ends. That, yeah, oh, you yeah. just got, you got gold. If you stop, mm-hmm. it ends. What ends? The progression. It's basically that you, there's a belief that if you stop, this is as good as it's going to get. And you know that you're not even close to how good that it's going to get. And the the best part is it just gets better and better and it never ends until you pass on. Why does my ego feel like being busy or the mind feel like being busy is progression? The mind believes that being busy... Is it true that the that being busy is the progression? No, that is not true. The mind believes that busyness is the progression because it believes if it stays in control, it can keep you safe and it won't end. However, the end isn't death. What is the end? There is no end. Even after this life? Even after this life, there is no end. It keeps going. Is that fun that there is no end? Yeah. Did it giggle or did you giggle? Uh, both. It, it, that, I find that genuinely funny. Yeah. Am I okay? Yeah, totally. Am I, am I loved? Oh, yeah. Why don't I believe it? Because there's an actual pattern and belief system that because others aren't expressing love to you directly, that they don't feel it. And what's even more funny in this entire situation is that there are energies in all of us that actually love you and we never say it to you. And actually we do, but you don't listen. And that's what's funny. You believe you're not loved when in fact you truly are. Wait, okay. You are not a channeler, right? Like this is not, is this something you've practiced a lot? Cause you're so good at this. People are going to be like, whoa, I don't know if I'm going to get ever. like, how's the, how, what's your background in this? I don't have one. I've been journaling. I've been actually, that's how I discovered your show was the initial letter to my intuition, I think. And I got into that. Okay, so this, this exact work, this most powerful work that I've always alluded to and never just drag people on and said, do it now. <laughs> yeah. Do it for us. Stop talking. I do it in coaching with Flow with Intention and other courses in the coaching, yeah. but I've never on the show. And now I'm just like, stop talking, neck. I don't want to hear from the mind mm-hmm. or the neck. Like there's all the times those things present problems, they're buckets to go down to the solution with the well of wisdom. Mm-hmm. But you are incredible at this. And if anyone's listening to this, if this becomes a show, this is incredible and not necessarily like at the same time that it's incredible. What you're saying is this isn't my job. This isn't something I've been, you know, doing for a ton of my life. This is just what's happening right now. This is not like you're someone special. You are very good at it, but it doesn't mean that like it's out of reach for other people as well. No, I would agree with that completely. It's like, I've never done this before. I'm looking forward to hearing the recording. I don't know what's coming. I think you're going to be blown away by the wisdom that is showing up because one of the things that I, my most powerful takeaway that it shared, it's like straight up, I think I could ask you, actually, you know what I'm going to, well, I'm going to see what else you want to talk about, but I'd love to really go more deeply into this. But right now, why don't we take a little pause and reflect on okay. where we've been as kind of like yeah. a part one of this. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, okay, I come in with a storytelling thing. I get the big aha moment. Then I have this 
crap storm come up from the mind for the next three weeks. I stay kind of stuck in that, feeling gross. My friend notices the difference. I'm okay doing certain things in my career aspects in a new way, but the same thing applied to a new subject terrifies the crap out of my mind and makes a bunch of stories, all of which are not real. And now we've just uncovered that there's this whole idea of worthiness, of hustle, of effort, and busyness that it's kind of underpinning all of this stuff. How are you feeling right now? Very light. Very, I don't know, the, the word is like, when I say Zen, I don't mean like, I just mean just aligned and in flow. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like I'm just completely aligned and in flow with my own energy and some other energy right now. And it's just very interesting. And I feel very safe. The part that the the mind avoids, which is asking for this stuff, because then it feels like it has to take action because it knows it can't avoid it any longer. It's heard it from its true source. That's the part that's trying to keep you safe, but makes you feel unsafe, right? Because it's projecting it. Law of attraction. The mind feels unsafe. So it's trying to find safety by attracting situations that continue to make it feel like the idea of moving forward into these things makes it feel unsafe. So it stays in this pattern of I don't feel safe where I'm at and I can't go forward because I won't be safe there really either. I'm not, well, I'm not really happy where I am. I might be safe to some degree, but there's this like pattern there versus you actually tapping in ironically to the mind makes you feel safe. Yeah. I guess it's that decision to compromise happiness for the known, but it's not even known. It just doesn't make sense. No, it's not. It's just trying to keep you safe, but it doesn't mean that it actually is logical. It's actually not logical. Yeah. It's the same thing that that puts the carrot out in front of you and baits you forward to be like the most famous storyteller that's ever existed. That's then like beating you over the back with the same stick that's holding the carrot. It's also beating you, judging you and shaming you and making you feel guilty. Yeah, actually, you know, that's a that's part of the story. It's like if you're going to be a storyteller, you better be the most the wealthiest, the most famous, the most influential, the most like you name it. And it's because otherwise it's just not worth it. All right. What we're going to do is part two. We'll start there and we'll see where this goes. But you, my dear, are a beautiful neck. (laughs) You have a beautiful (laughs) voice and you have a really beautiful ability to listen. Thank you for doing such a great job. Only once did I notice that you had a little bit of moment where I was like, I don't know if I'm hearing from you, the neck, or if I'm hearing from that voice. You did such Mm. a beautiful job listening because that's all that's required is waiting and listening. And you did such a beautiful job. So thank you so much. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Emily, thank you for coming on the show or basically being someone who's allowing us to share your client session. So from here, we go into even more fascinating places in this next coming episode. So I'm so excited to share the remainder of what we unfold with you next week. It's incredible. We're talking about dating and other subjects as well. Playfulness, stories, so many other things. I just, I don't want to give it all away. But I'll save that for next week. If you want to go to the show notes for this episode, you can head over to jesslively.com slash emilypart1. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at jesscc, as in, can you believe we've started season five, Lively. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>